This week on The Natural You, the second of the highlights packages, a vitalistic three-way with Vismai, Destiny and Glenn. So vitalism is this idea that we live in a clever universe. It's kind of the major premise of chiropractic, the first principle. And translating that into something around health or the body is that I believe my body is clever. I might not say it in as many words, but the way I speak about it, the way I refer to it, the comments I make, the way I take care of it is all governed by this basic premise that we live in a clever universe. My body's a part of that clever universe. And naturalism is that we just um, adhere to the laws of nature, that we find our body is, is a part of nature and is not separate from it. So that also dictates then the choices that I make with what I put in my body, what clothing I wear, where I choose to go on holidays, um, the remedies I like to use if I've got some sort of dysfunction with my body or dis-ease with my body. Your Nana's quote of don't mess with nature is, you know, I think that's in there. It's like, you know, nature, nature needs, needs no help, just no, just no interference. Yeah, no interference. Well, um, my business coach, Mark Allen, also a great naturalist, always used to say to me when I'd get stressed that my practice wasn't growing fast enough or that I was having issues with staff or, you know, coming across difficulties. Or he always remind me, hey, Vismay, just move at the speed of nature and her speed is patience. But then, of course, I died. I, I collapsed in West Africa. I woke up 10 days later in London and I just had a near-death experience. I had the full enchilada, you know, like what you read about. Like I had the, the you know, I had my last few words I stared death in the face, had the full surrender to my life, which was an extremely peaceful moment, so peaceful, such a total surrender to my my death. And then everything went black like a void. And I remember looking around for nature, actually, funnily enough. I remember looking around for some sort of life form because everything was just black and void. And then all of a sudden in the distance was this pinprick of light. And I slowly, like almost like magnetically started to get drawn to that light source. And then it was when I thought to myself, oh, gosh, I've, I've been sick. Oh, I've died. Oh, I'm having one of those uh, near-death experiences. I literally <laughs> thought that at the start of it. And that I must have been still in my body at that stage or at least some sort of connection to the mind because it was a mind, you know, thought. And then uh, my whole life went before me like a small over-detailed film. And then everything made sense. So like I connected the ant nest with the rains coming, I connected literally every single moment of my life, every millisecond of my life was in that movie. And everything made sense. Nothing made was not, sense. everything Everything made sense to the point where it was like a cosmic joke got revealed to me. It was like the worst day of my life was the biggest screaming from existence to say look who you are this is who you are you know and so that all got revealed to me in that moment then at a certain point this is where I kind of must have left my body because I got to the opening of the tunnel and I, I remember looking through my holding up my hands in front of my eyes to protect my eyes because it was brighter than a welder welding uh, focal point so I thought oh this is going to damage my eyes so therefore I must have been still in my body and then all of a sudden the light became so soothing and healing. And I remember thinking, okay, if that's me in the – I could see myself in the entry of the tunnel. And I remember thinking, hang on, if that's me in the tunnel, who am I? 
you know, who's, who am I looking <laughs> at me, you know? And that's where my true nature got revealed, you know, that I was this um, infinite, forever, eternal being of light. And um, so down the tunnel I go and I just, at, at one point I sort of entered this chamber and there was six little tunnels I got to choose to go out of. And I, I chose the far left one. I didn't really choose, but I kind of gravitated towards it. And then I got spat out the other end of that into just the universe. I was out in the universe, in this infinite universe, Tim. But what was really beautiful about this, it was, it was painfully loving. It was painfully ecstatic. But it was pretty boring and it was pretty alone if I look back on life. So what I was thinking as, as this was happening, I was like, oh, shit, man, what it would be great to have a cup of tea with my mother or oh, can you imagine like um, kicking the football or making love or what about listening to some music? Oh, my God, music, you know. So this heightened all my senses enormously and that, that still hasn't left me till this day, Tim. So the, the heightened sense. The heightened sense is everywhere. I feel the energies of people. I feel – and I do this in a very grounded way. It's nothing hallucinogenic actually. It's just I just sense so many – things and of course when I first came out of the experience I wasn't so mature with that so it was kind of like it made me really tired actually but as I sort of developed the idea and became accustomed to the fact that I'd, I'd sort of touch base with my true nature well that that kind of never left. So Nicola comes in and she takes her shoes off and she walks into my house and she says, Destiny, I'm just going to sort of walk around. You can just leave me to it. And I'm just going to, you might hear me sort of saying some funny noises and making some weird sounds and things like that. But just leave me alone and I'll, and I'll just sort of have a look around. I could not leave this woman alone. I was following her. I was absolutely besotted with this woman. I could not, I just couldn't leave her alone. And she started speaking this weird language with all these little garbly, gooky, clicky things and whistly noises and little peeps and stuff. And I started answering her in this weird language. No way. <laughs> and it was just would not stop. Just, I was just, just like, automatically automatically just started speaking back to her in this random weird language and we were having this full conversation for like an hour talking about the rooms talking about you know all these sort of house you know and, and you I, and you I, could interpret it totally you knew what you were saying i could not i had no idea i just know i was pointing to corners and i was pointing to things and she was answering me and in and i knew her answers were affirmation answers but i had no idea what i was saying so anyway, she leaves after doing whatever. And she, I mean, she says, oh, you're like me. You can, you can channel the star people and the galactic people. And I was like, what? <laughs> and I thought, oh my God, I've decided, you know, I've spent 40 years trying to sort of like subdue all this hippie weirdness and not be too crazy. Yeah. And all of a sudden that's it. I'm going to get sectioned. I'm done. I've lost my marbles. <laughs> <So> I'm done. <laughs> and then after that, I just couldn't shut up. It was just like coming out of me all the time, this gobbledygook, and it felt like I was catching up. 
right? I was catching up from lost time and I had this purging I needed to do to get to some sort of level. Then I started scribbling and writing and, you know, and drawing things and all this sort of weird stuff. Then I started being quite like weirdly telepathic and weirdly like I was telling people random stuff like, oh, did you have a really nice strawberry cake yesterday? And they'd be, what? And oh, you've got a cat with a, you know, a circle on his eye and a bell round his head. Like, oh my God. And I was starting to really scare myself yeah. because I couldn't, I couldn't kind of control it so that it wasn't, you know, I was losing people at the office all the time because they were like, oh my God, this crazy, I only came to get my back pain sorted and this crazy <laughs> woman telling me stuff. Do you use that in your work now? And how did you sort of transition from your old way of working, which sounds sort of pain-based, mechanistically described, into mm-hmm. into this more sort of spiritual realm? And and how did your how did your adjustments or the things you're doing to your patients or clients change during that time? Um, mm. Are they similar? Are they widely different? Absolutely, one hundred percent completely different um I was working in more of a physio style before whereas you know oh you have a pain here in your calf I'll just rub your calf and massage the pain and I was much more of a symptom person you know chiropractor so when people came to me and they had some sort of symptom my my intention was to get rid of that symptom for them and then when I went to Cairo, Europe, and I met all these people who were, who were, their intention was to take away blockages in the nervous system to allow the innate intelligence to flow. And mostly upper neck, which is your brainstem connection to the brain, which will open up the pathway, not only to your own healing mechanism, because actually, you know, we are connected to this huge source entity of energy. And that is what is is activating or creating that innate intelligence. And that's what's in my mind, keeping that energy flowing. So if we're blocked, you don't have that full flow. So when I found all these people doing this, I was like, gosh, this is exactly what I've been trying to achieve with the whole psycho neuroimmunology thing. And I can't believe that I can actually, my beloved chiropractic, which I was so disillusioned with, I can now connect and create this this whole different way of doing things. And then obviously I put the sort of the destiny sort of icing on that cake with the <laughs> with the challenge. Before we move on to our next guest, a quick plug for our event. Hey everybody, this is Destiny. Just going to let you know about the amazing event that Tim and I hold at my office, Destiny Chiropractic, Westmalling in Kent in the UK. It's called Connect and Ascend and is your chance to connect with lots of like-minded people. We have a great itinerary. We do change work, we do breath work, we meditate, we do ice bath immersion, we have some fabulous food um, and And it is your chance to let go of old stuff and ascend to a higher level of consciousness. We hope you can join us. For those wanting to sign up, the dates for the Connect and Ascend event are 24th to 25th of November. Registration links and details are in the show notes. In your work. So as a chiropractor, you're very hands-on. And how do those concepts of, of oneness or connection with nature and people you're working with how do you utilize that? Uh, it sounds like a very um, uh, non-structured approach. Or do you have quite a lot of structure to it, or is it more intuitive? Isn't it horrible that there are unstructured things in this world? Doesn't it make so? 
unteachable and complicated? Yes, it is. <laughs> it is unstructured. I mean, so listen, okay, it is super structured at some level. It's like, you know, you can go into, and I think this Amy mentioned this when she when you guys chatted, um, you can go into like, you know, um, the various different ratios and the mathematical beauty that occurs in nature. But actually, it gets so complex, hmm. so complex that it's way beyond the, the capacity of certainly my, I don't know if there's some unicorn out there who has a brain big enough to, to look consciously at all of the different mathematical permutations of tissue tone and how uh, you know a human being is to figure out what they're going to do next. Or you have to go with this thing that uh, kind of comes straight from the woo-woo closet called intuition, right? And intuition, I mean, will we one day be able to break out and figure out what all the different constituent parts of intuition are in a mathematical reductionist model, perhaps. Is it going to happen my, in my lifetime? No freaking way. Am I going to waste my time trying to do that when I can get on and actually listen to my intuition and the connection with the other human body and uh, base my actions on that? Of course, that's what I'm going to do. So, you know, I come from, like you do, a very scientific background in terms of my chiropractic practice where I have really specific what we call um, spinal remodeling goals where the goal is to change permanently the shape of somebody's spine. So that kind of means that we have a goal that goes way beyond that moment of contact with that individual um, client or patient on the table. So I have a goal to change this person over the space of one, two, three months into a different shape, into a different function, into a better version of themselves. So that would mean that could mean that I go up to their body every day and do the same thing in the same way. But that it would just be totally naive. And you know, I, in fairness, I actually practiced in that way for a good chunk of the early part of my career. Maybe, maybe five, eight years I practiced in that way, and then I gradually started to actually realize that the body could give far greater levels of information if you. Uh, Try, try to switch off the extremely analytical part of your mind and go with your experience and your intuition. I'm not saying that you got lips on your bum, but literally your body is like talking out loud in a really audible way to somebody who's got the ears to listen to it. And so I think as a therapist, our job is to develop the skills to listen to that. And that involves tapping into things that otherwise... That, that, you know, they need a different space. And I, by the way, I do know some people who've got more experience than I do and have an ability to switch between those two states more quickly. I know that there are people who can kind of go into analytical mode and then back into an extremely present mode. But for most of us, that takes, takes, it takes work. It takes work. It takes a dedication to it. And the dedication is driven by the observation of the totally, I mean, it's a difference between being able to adjust somebody 12 times in a row and when I say 12 times in a row, 12 times over the space of a month, say, for example, you're adjusting somebody three times a week over the space of a month and them having no back pain and their herniated disc is better and they're more mobile, great, like fantastic. These are kind of things you expect as a normal thing in, under chiropractic care or doing those 12 adjustments with a total state of presence and them having breakthroughs in terms of their ability to communicate with their partner and them feeling better about themselves and them having uh, like having unblocked uh, a hearing disorder that they had for the previous eight years. 
it's a, a step change in terms of what we achieve with our care. And uh, I don't want to start, um, you know, uh, bad-mouthing our medical colleagues uh, because it's not the medical colleagues, it's the medicalization of our society has resulted in people no, you know, only looking for changes in back pain through chiropractic. And that's just, it's you know, there, there's often that um, analogy made, it's like going to the chiropractor um, just to get to rid of your back pain is like going is like robbing a bank and only taking the pens. Thanks for listening. If you want to listen to the full episodes, I've left links to all three original episodes in the show notes. Remember to check out the Connect and Ascend event that Destiny and I are running in November. Next week, we'll have more highlights from another three guests. Until then. <laughs>